but let's get into the games right away. There's quite a few good ones. An international game, which we kind of broke down Saturday before it happened. So let's start there with the Bucks and the Seahawks. Braden, I kind of posed this question to you on Sunday morning. Are the Bucks back? I think they are. And no, no discredit to uh, to the Seahawks. I think they're a solid team still, but uh, the Bucks are definitely back. And um, the way they performed in London, or I mean Germany, I'm sorry, um, was amazing to see. Yeah, I think uh, the Buccaneers really had their way with the run game. Seahawks couldn't really stop it very well. Then you got those weird plays where they try to put Tom Brady as a wide receiver. Like, okay, let's try to have our ancient quarterback run a go route. But their offense, they looked okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't look like anything special, but their defense is playing together really well. Um, I thought they did a really good job defending the Seahawks. And it just seems like the Seahawks couldn't get as much going. I mean, they, you know, as the game went along, they did a little bit better. But I think that time difference, you know, it was basically 6 a.m. back in Seattle when this game was played. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a major issue that came into play. But regardless, you know, with the game, you got to play the game that's in front of you. So good job by the Buccaneers going out there and getting the win. And, I mean, now at least the leader of the AFC South has a 500 record. We don't have any division leaders with the losing record, so that's good for the game, in my opinion. I was uh, starting to get a little worried about the Bucks. You guys said they'll be just fine, and I think I think they're back. Yeah. Um. Besides the Bucks, what did you guys think about the Seahawks? I did not think Geno played that bad. Um. Overall, I think it was the defense, kind of their their bread and butter, um, fell apart. When they were playing Tom Brady in the Buccaneers offense. What did you guys think about them? I didn't think they were too bad. I mean, you know, these are two division leaders going at it. So, you know, one of them has to win. And I don't I don't want to call the Seahawks fraudulent. I think they're still a dangerous team. But, you know, it definitely shows that they're not, like, the elite yet. So I think there's still a separation between – where the Seahawks are at and like the Vikings and the Eagles. I think Tampa Bay is still in a second tier. So, but it, it's interesting to see these two teams go at it. And I'm glad that Tampa Bay got the win because let's just be honest. I mean, the game is a lot better when, you know, you have winning teams that are actually leading the division. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have too much to say. I think can't really say too much bad. They just ended up losing. But right. do you think they'll keep the division lead? Yeah, I don't know. I think Seattle can hold on to it. I mean, I San Francisco, they might be coming for them eventually, but San Francisco doesn't have the easiest schedule in the world. I think that Seattle will probably at least win the division, and we might see San Francisco as a wild card team if they're lucky. Potentially the game of the year. I think everybody has to acknowledge it as that. The Vikings and the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. This game got out of hand and, you know, through three and a half quarters, it looked like the Bills were just going to 
stomp over the Vikings, same old Kirk Cousins, same old Vikings, but all of a sudden Delvin Cook breaks off an 81-yard touchdown run, and it's a brand-new game. And credit to the Vikings, I mean, they didn't really allow Buffalo to score in the second half. They played a very, very solid brand of bend really, really far until the point where you're almost going to break, but they never broke at the end. So credit to them. I mean, that Josh Allen fumble was very weird. That's like a one in a million play, but you know, that that's what happens. I mean, you got to, again, you got to take what's in front of you and the Vikings definitely did that. And Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, that matchup we talked about on Saturday before the game happened, and that matchup definitely didn't disappoint. The Bills had some injuries in their secondary, but the refs handed this game to them at least five times, and they couldn't hold on to it. And people are still giving the Bills credit. The Vikings deserve every single piece of the credit here. They won this football game, and this was a great game to watch. Yeah, I think we can all agree that that was the game of the year so far. Um, um, one big question I have for you guys, I'm going back to 2018, Chiefs and Rams. Could you go top this game over that? I think so, just because of the amount of improbable things that happen. I mean... I was watching it, obviously, as a Vikings fan, and I see Stefan Diggs make that insane catch on third down, and I'm like, God, just get off the field. But then Josh Allen turns around throws a pick. Uh, Patrick Peterson had an an amazing game. This looked like, you know, the Bills were still going to find a way to pull it out. But then um, the Vikings, you know, they, they kept on fighting back, and never really were knocked down so that's that was really impressive i mean i i can't really think of another game that i've seen that could possibly top this one Mm -hmm. yeah this one seemed to be a lot of back and forth action um back back when they uh in 2018 that one game with the rams and the chiefs it was kind of just a high high firepower scoring offensive type of game um but, yeah, this game definitely was a very good football game. Yeah, I think this one gets topped by it. This was this game was insane. So was that one. I, I would have definitely been the best game I've seen to date. And I think this one just tops it. Well, okay. So, that one, that one game back in 2018 um, was a primetime game. Now, if the setting between the Vikings and the Bills were in a primetime game, could you see the outcome being different? Hard for me to say, because this kind of was a primetime game in a way. I mean, like 85% of the country saw this game. Mm -hmm. The only way you didn't see it is if you were either watching CBS or your team happened to be playing on Fox at the same time. I mean, they show like the distribution map of where the game would be shown. And basically, it was all around the entire country. So, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe the time of day would have been a factor. But other than that, I mean, it was showcase for a large, large audience. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I think that's a part of the reason why it's viewed as the game of the year already is because, you know, so many people got to see it. Right. I mean, it but- kind of turned into a primetime game with how long it went. 
That's true. Yep. I, I and I fully agree with you about you guys, but do you think do you think the outcome would have been different if it was a seven twenty Sunday night football game? I think so just because of the elements. Okay. Um I think the weather would have I'm no, I don't live in Buffalo, New York. I have no idea what the weather was like after that, but I assume it would probably have gotten a little bit more cold and wind probably would have picked up and, you know, it was snowing and raining on and off throughout the game. So hard to say what the weather would have been like, but I think that would have been the main factor Mm -hmm. afterwards. So that's my thoughts on the situation. Brayden, you had asked me Saturday night um, if I saw a world where, the Vikings could win with Josh Allen starting at quarterback. I said, if Josh Allen starts, the Bills win by three. If Case Keenum starts, the Vikings win by three. Mm-hmm. Well, the Vikings won by three with Josh Allen starting. And Riley and I kind of both told you we saw a world where it could happen, but, you know, it didn't seem like the likeliest outcome. I mean, after watching that game, I think both these teams, if they played 10 times, they'd split five games apiece. Going into that game, I thought the Bills would probably win seven of them. But I think both these teams are really, really good. And it's incredible for me as a Vikings fan to see the Vikings win a big game like this because I don't think I've ever seen them beat a team that has been deemed a Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. So it it was just a magical game altogether, and I'm excited to see where both of these teams go actually moving forward. So this next game also went into overtime. Another NFC North opponent overcame another two-score differential, uh, and that'd be the Packers and the Cowboys. This game was in Green Bay. Cowboys were pretty heavy favorites going in. I mean, their regard as one of the best teams in the league. Green Bay hasn't really played all that well up, up till now. So... I don't know. We just talked about is Tampa Bay back. Do you think that Green Bay is back, or do you think this was just kind of a fluke? I think it was kind of a fluke. It's a home game. Mike McCarthy's back. I think they really, the whole team really wanted to win this for Rodgers. Do you think Christian Watson will ever have a game that good this season? Half as that good this season again? Not like that. I mean, like even half as good. Do you think? Do you think he'll have like a multi-touchdown game again? I don't know about multi-touchdown, but I could see him go over a hundred yards again. I mean, that was true efficiency, right? I mean, four catches and three of them were for touchdowns. So, I think that's pretty hard to beat. But it's nice to see that Watson's actually starting to work out now. Now. He still has a case of the dropsies, but yeah, you know, he, was Green targeted, Bay, he was targeted eight times for four receptions. Green Bay was relying heavily on him to be a deep threat going into the season. Uh, looks like he's finally starting to develop into that a little bit. So good for him, and hopefully he continues to develop and help out the Packers receiving core. Is it just me, or... Is Mike McCarthy holding back the Cowboys? I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, we talked about him coming into the season as a potential head coach firing candidate. 
I think he was on the hot seat going into the season. He may have saved his job. Now, of course, the Cowboys could have a complete collapse and miss the playoffs still. Highly unlikely, but, you know, there's a world where that happens and Mike McCarthy is out of the building. So I don't know. I, I, I can't say for certain because I'm not in the building, but based on the way things have looked the past couple of years, it kind of appears that way. And I think they should maybe be still looking elsewhere, even if they do go to the playoffs. All right. Who has more total yards per team, Green Bay Packers or Seattle Seahawks? This is very close. So I know currently the Seahawks have the most points. I think it's hmm, hard for me to say because even though the Packers don't have as good of a record, there could still be a lot of empty calories. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think it's Seahawks. Kenneth Walker's a beast. <laughs> and uh, um, last time I checked, Geno Smith is top five in passing yards. So it's uh, Seahawks. Green Bay has 3,523. Seahawks have two less with 3,521. What? Very close. So that's probably, it's probably a lot of empty calories for Green Bay, right? Yeah. Must be a lot of rushing yards in between Dylan and uh, Jones. I'm sure Christian Watson put a big role in that. Yeah, I, I didn't check his stats. How many receiving yards did he get? I think it was 107. Oh, well. Total interceptions per team, Seahawks and Jets. Who has more? Seahawks and Jets. Jets are a good coverage team. I don't know if they have as many interceptions. I'm sure they have more passes defended, but Seahawks makes most sense. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Um, I know the Jets defense is really good, but this question seems too good to be true, so I'm going to go Seahawks. Seahawks have seven only seven, and the Jets have 11. <laughs> Both of you 0 for 2 on the Seahawks pick. Overall, better player, Sauce Gardner or Tariq Woolen? It's got to be Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner is more of the shutdown type of guy. Tariq Woolen's more of the, you know, make a play on the ball when it's thrown your way or, you know, just catching it. I think if I was given a choice between the two, I'd take Gardner because, you know, when you have that ability to pick up passes, sometimes it comes at the cost of, you know, jumping routes and giving up big plays. Has Tariq given up any of those big plays? That I'm not sure of. I'd have to – I'm sure PFF has that stat somewhere. Um, I mean, if he's getting the interceptions and we don't have any record of him missing anything, I'm I'm going to take him. As much as I love Sauce Gardner, I'm, I'm taking Tariq. I would personally take Sauce Gardner. I think he's – I'm going to make a bold take here. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Might not be that bold to some, but – I mean, we saw a lot with Trayvon Diggs. He was one of the worst cornerbacks in a few stats last year, but he dominated interception category. 
So I think it's more safe to take it in those other stats. Give him Sauce Gardner. Let's get into the Broncos and Titans a little bit here quickly. So I'm going to give you a stat from the Denver Broncos here, and let's see if you can figure it out. So I got to guess that stat for you guys here. So this is the Denver Broncos, okay? 16, 11, and 21. What do you think those stats are? I'm going to say total yards by each of their running backs. 16, 11, and 21. Those are their point totals in all three of their wins this year. So basically, they haven't scored more than 21 points in a win, but they've scored 16 and 11 and also won a game. So if the Broncos had scored at least 18 points in each of their games, they would only have one loss right now. So, I mean, their offense is just bad. So Russell Wilson coming in was supposed to be this big acquisition. Uh, Yeah, the Titans are okay. I mean, they almost knocked off the Chiefs. But to only be scoring you know, 10 points against the Titans and then not scoring hardly any points at all. They just, I don't know what, I don't know what they can do differently. Can't really draft anybody. I mean, they don't have any. And they what, got first what, would you even, what would you even do? Yeah. So a lot of, so like the consensus thought is that they're going to go for a guard or a right tackle. Personally, I think they need another playmaker. Yeah, then oh. all their playmakers have well, not all their playmakers, but a good chunk of their playmaking ability has been hurt by you know loss of Tim Patrick, just multiple injuries all around. Jerry I mean, they, Judy. Yeah, they don't have Noah Fant anymore either. Albert O is okay, but he basically played his way to the bench. So Dulcich looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, coming into the year, he wasn't even a thought at all, at least in the eyes of the national media. So they got to do something different to try to get more playmakers for Wilson. I don't know if that'll fix anything long term, but at least give the guy a fighting chance. I mean, this is just disastrous. Yeah, that's a good point because it's kind of seeming that Denver doesn't have the firepower. That needs to be that needs to have to be successful. Like, let's be honest, Cortland Sutton he's solid, but him and Kendall Hinton aren't gonna get it. And shout out to Kendall Hinton because I mean, he somehow finds a way to get himself out in the field, and it's with the Broncos. So, when you're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs, you gotta have offensive firepower. You are not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs by playing defense. I can tell you that. The Broncos have a really good defense, but it's, you know, they're not going to win the games by only scoring 11. I mean, you might as well go back to Drew Locke if you're going to try to win games by only scoring 10 points. It's just not what they thought it was going to be. Definitely not. And the price they paid for him? Right. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it it was such a high price tag and so far it hasn't been very high reward at all. What it's do you like think? Paying, 
it's like paying 40 grand for a sports car, but can't pay for the fuel. Yeah. Where could you put this on all time worst trades? Okay. Well, okay. This is only the first year and we see, we see their identity right now and it's not very healthy. So maybe give it another year, fire Hackett, get a new guy in there, grab some weapons in the draft and free agency, and then let's see what happens. But I think this is probably a top 10 all-time worst trade in the NFL. So far. Yeah. I'd say top five. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be the first to say I would never spend three picks on an aging Russell Wilson. Three first-round picks. So this could be a fun conversation here. Um, who should the Broncos look to replace Hackett with? Ken Dorsey. Peyton Manning. <laughs> so here's here's my issue with Ken Dorsey. So Ken Dorsey has never been a head coach before. He's only been a coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, he's been a coordinator. And he was pretty successful at that. Um, so my biggest concern, if I'm part of the Broncos' new ownership, is if I'm hiring somebody, I look at the Nathaniel Hackett hiring. I mean, the last three guys, really, that they brought in didn't have a great track record or any at all as a head coach. So I'm kind of looking at, is there anybody that I can bring in who's had success as a head coach before? Because at least I know that they can do it. So that's where you go to, like, Sean Payton. So the problem is, is it's going to be a high asking price to get Sean Payton. And now that they have their first-round pick, maybe that's what they spend their first-round pick on is they spend it on Sean Payton. I mean, that's that's probably the only thing that I can think of because I think if you hire Ken Dorsey, he could be a great head coach, but he could also just be another Hackett. I think you're entering a great unknown if you bring him in. I disagree. I think it's all about if you trust yourself, it's a new regime, you said. And there's been a couple bad hires, but it's all about how you feel about it. If you mm -hmm. trust that guy, just because it didn't work out for Hackett and maybe a few before that, I think it's all about how you trust yourself and it doesn't have anything to do with the last guy. That's a wise statement to make. Um, 100% agree. And Connor, I want to go to your uh, Sean Payton um, comment. Does he even want to coach? There's speculation that he does, but it would have to be the right situation. See, that sounds like an Urban Meyer. I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Urban Meyer. We all know that Sean Payton's way better coach than Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer did step off or step away from Ohio State's work on his mental health and whatnot. But this kind of seems like a Urban Meyer Ohio State scenario, and like, oh, okay, it would have to be the right scenario in order to coach the NFL, and um, that didn't work out too well. And yeah, that was the transition from college to the NFL. But maybe Sean Payton's year off put him in a mindset to, uh, I'm not the best coach, but I'll give it one more shot. I think basically the reason why Sean Payton walked away from the New Orleans Saints has more to do with where their franchise was headed. 
Okay. Like we've talked before about how after this year, I mean, let's be honest, this year has been a disaster too. They are headed straight into the tank. And next year they're going to be in contention for the first overall pick, one would think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we all talked about how we don't really agree with their idea of rack up the credit card bill and pay it later. So I think that it was more about that than anything. And, you know, he, I don't know if he left with the intentions of doing TV. Like, I don't know if that's why he left coaching. But so far, him as an analyst, he's been kind of dry. So I don't know, maybe he realizes that being an analyst isn't for him. But to your point about maybe an Urban Meyer situation, so yeah, like you said, Urban Meyer was a college coach. So I think that's a big a big thing there to start off with. Also, Urban Meyer had off-field issues to begin with. When you look back at his time at Ohio State, he had basically been suspended for different things that he was involved with. And you know, you could kind of see there was going to be a character issue there. That one you can see coming. Sean Payton has had a long track record in the NFL and, you know, you can look back on his time with the saints and just go, okay, yeah, it was time to move on. But I think that that would be a good fit. Now, the other thing that I would say maybe is instead of Ken Dorsey, Leslie Frazier, would that maybe be a good fit? Cause at least Leslie Frazier has gotten to the playoffs before as a head coach. He'd fit in good with the identity of playing defense with the Broncos. Let's the only thing is, this. is I think they'd have to change the scheme. Did Leslie Frazier have a very successful head coaching career? Well, he got to the playoffs at least once. Um, But, like, overall, would you want him as your head coach? Because it's easy to say, yeah, put this guy in this other person's program. But would you want him as your head coach? I'd be fine with it, except for the fact that I don't really like defensive head coaches. Okay. I'd be fine with bringing Lesson again anywhere. I wouldn't bring him back to the Vikings just because, you know, it's all about the identity of your team because that was one talking point this offseason is should the Vikings bring him back. But if I'm the Broncos and the strength of my team is the defense, I am – probably going to lean into a guy like Leslie Frazier and I'm going to hire, you know, somebody, not Ken Dorsey, but a Ken Dorsey type to come in and, you know, be my offensive coordinator, like a Kellen Moore type. And who knows? I mean, it's possible that the Buccaneers, if they don't end up making it to the playoffs, that, you know, their entire staff could be fired and Byron Leftwich might be looking for a job. Mm -hmm. so they could bring him in as an offensive coordinator just the biggest issue is regardless of who you're hiring as a head coach, if you're hiring an offensive head coach, then you need to hire basically somebody who's been a head coach before to oversee your defense mm -hmm. and vice versa. If you hire a defensive minded coach, you got to find somebody to be the overseer head coach of your offense practically. So either way you're going to, basically be hiring two head coaches it's just which which one do you want to be like the focus of your team and the main emphasis the vocalist yeah. i want to go back to you saying about sean payton 
as an analyst being dry. I don't really think he is. I think he brings good content other places because it's good to have insight from a head coach. And I see other content from him that's not on TV, but they use him through their platform. I think it's good. And I do think if he came back, I think he should go to the Chargers, and I think he wants to go to the Chargers. I think he's made a couple statements that he likes the Chargers a little bit. That'd be good to work with Herbert. He'd be good anywhere he goes. He'd be a good fit anywhere. He'd be a good fit if he went to the Texans, if he went, even if he went to Minnesota. I think he just needs to have a place, though, where they're kind of looking to win in the next couple of years. Because let's face it, Sean Payton isn't a young man anymore. I believe he's 60 years old. So anytime you hire a head coach, that's, that's young for a head age. coach. Well, I mean, 70. yeah, but that's the thing, though. I mean, he's probably not going to stick around for as long as Pete Carroll has. So he's probably going to try to win a Super Bowl. And once that window closes, then he'll probably retire for good. So let's just say he goes to the Chargers. If he ends up working out with Justin Herbert, I think there's a possibility that he could be there for 10 years just because he'll probably be there for the life of Justin Herbert. So, you know, whatever whatever team he goes to, he's basically going to only go there if he knows that there's a window now. So XFL draft is happening tonight. What do you guys think about the... Uh... I guess the re 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 construction of the league. I'm into it. Yeah, I actually, I'm not just the XFL. I'm into all these new leagues and even the old leagues like the CFL. I'm into the USFL. I watched a little bit of that last spring. It was actually pretty entertaining. Um, you don't have to like get super super into it. Just lay back. Yeah, I mean, there's football on. I was a little bored with mm-hmm. it, but there was football on. And I think that the XFL was in the right direction. If the pandemic didn't happen, I think it would have gone pretty far. And Definitely. I can't wait to see what happens. I, I just – it's it's weird because how the, 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 uh, the way they advertised it back in whenever they used to uh, air it, I don't remember when it was. I don't even think I was born yet. Maybe, or maybe I was born. It was like 2005, 2006. I don't remember when they aired it um, before they uh, they revived the league. But um, it kind of seems like they've softened up the rules a little bit. Have they? Like, they kind of transformed it into a, like, regular football. Other than, like, wrestling, wrestling the combination of wrestling and uh, football. It's you know what I like? I like what they did is they had you could go for a two point conversion and you could go for a three point conversion. I thought that was so good. Like they just have stuff that the NFL didn't have. And it's not to mm-hmm. say that the NFL should add a lot of that. I just think it's cool to have differences. Well, okay. So is there, I could be wrong, but isn't there a partnership in, between the NFL and the XFL right now? I thought I saw them sign like an agreement between like networks and stuff like that. There's some sort of partnership. I don't know entirely what the partnership entails, like what all goes into it, but Mm -hmm. there is something like that. 
it's almost like because it's almost like every single football league runs for the NFL. Because I remember the AAF was strictly through the NFL, and the AAF was actually pretty fun to watch. Basically, the same thing as the USFL. I don't know how you guys feel. So, I know we had talked about last Sunday. We had talked to, or last Saturday. We had talked about how we thought that NFL Europe was a good idea. Instead of bringing in the XFL, bringing up all these alternative leagues, I actually much rather have NFL Europe come back. I think that'd be fun. And also it would fit into the NFL's idea of expanding internationally. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but I think that would be the best alternative. Here's my thought. Alternative leagues and NFL Europe. Because then you can have the fans from Europe enjoying enjoying football, just like we are. But the alternative leagues here, they need to start locating them in different cities, different populated cities. Yeah, I think Texas is going to have three teams in this XFL. I think they see. Took see, away, that's that's the problem though. There's, they took there's, away in New York. There's team. already two teams in the NFL. Yeah, they, they need brought to, one they to, need to populate place. them out. Like Salt Lake City, that was perfect. Yeah, I don't really see the XFL as an alternative league compared to the USFL. I, I think it's here to stay, and I love every part of it. I was super entertained by it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's its own thing. Yeah, it's probably got some type of partnership with the NFL, but who doesn't at this point? Yeah. The whole sport runs through the NFL. All right, well... That's probably it from us today. Uh, we're going to have more to talk about this week, so you know, stick around and make sure you're looking out for all of that. And if you want to get notifications of when we post videos, you can like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And also check us out on all the streaming platforms, basically anywhere you can get your podcast. So we'll see you next time.